face the final frontier. These are the voyages of the Starship Enterprise, its continuing mission to explore strange new worlds, to seek out new life and new civilizations, to boldly go where no one has gone before. Welcome to Starfleet Boy, where we have a casual and informal discussion about our beloved series, Star Trek. You are listening to a previously recorded conversation. We have returned. We're back on another exciting episode of Starfleet Boy, in which we have a casual and informal discussion about Star Trek. Right now, we're focused on Star Trek The Next Generation. Wait, say something and do it again, Gary. Oh, my God. Space, the final frontier. There you go. There we go. That's the Enterprise. I've been waiting for three seasons to see the Enterprise D on the screen. And the doctor could not provide me with that, but you, Gary, thank you, thank you. <laughs> oh my God! <laughs> thank you, Gary. Oh, you're gonna make me go and wow. dig in that box for the deal. <laughs> not to, not right now. Maybe during my summary, since you like to make noise. <laughs> no, okay. Just All kidding. right, doctor. I'm totally just kidding. Do, um, so today's episode, and it's actually kind of cool that there's three of us here because we can pretend we're in captivity. Um, <laughs> wow. <laughs> Today's episode is Allegiance. Uh, who wants to do the summary or shall I do it? You should do it. Uh, yeah, I mean, if I were to do it, it'd be very, very short. Okay. <laughs> so um, the episode starts out pretty uh, routine. Uh, the Enterprise had just uh, finished uh, eradicating a, a plague on a planet that that I don't remember, but it sounds like uh, a cuckoo kadoo or something like that. Um, it did. It's a cuckoo kadoo. We've eradicated the plague. <laughs> the secret mad plague. Cuckoo birds. Yeah. Uh, the secret plague of planet cuckoo that you didn't know about, Ensign. You shouldn't know about. That's how I know. Anyways, uh, <laughs> so Picard's just chilling in his quarters, relaxing, and then the um, the uh, monolith from 2001 appears over his bed <laughs> and <laughs> abducts him. <laughs> <laughs> it does. It's this way. <laughs> and it, it kind of uh, it abducts him and it puts him in this uh, room. And there's this. Uh, there's just. Uh, I think two. Were they? No, just one other person was there when he arrived. And then they start, and he realizes, oh, he's been kidnapped. But in the meantime, uh, the kidnappers have placed a doppelganger or duplicate on the Enterprise, and everything seems okay at first, sort of. Uh, do you have two Picards? Uh, yes. You should, you should have been prepared for this episode. <laughs> but they're different scales, so it wouldn't have worked. I guess it's true. That's true. Anyway, so uh, while the uh, while Captain Picard and his captors are trying to figure out a way to escape captivity, 
um, on board the Enterprise, the duplicate Captain Picard is just doing slightly bizarre things that you wouldn't expect Captain Picard to do, like join the crew for poker, ask uh, Jordy to, you know, bring the engine efficiency up higher, <laughs> you know, like, uh, and then also uh, instead of warping to a pulsar star system, he's got them warping quickly. He's got them going at like warp two, which will take like several hours um, to get there. So the crew starts to grow suspicious of the new captain. And then the straw that breaks the camel's back is when he starts singing in 10 forward apparently that was too much for commander Riker to bear um and he calls a secret meeting with the rest of the crew and they discuss you're forgetting the true straw that broke the camel's back which is the dinner with beverly oh that we i was saving that for the episode so we could talk more deeply about it because it's such a, a good thing um someone's staticky but that's okay <laughs> i think it's gary Gary's gone. Oh no, we can't hear you. There you are. Something's going on. He's being abducted. Am I being abducted? Yeah, now you sound good. Okay. <laughs> Whoa. Okay. Anyways, while Gary uh, statics in the background there. <laughs> we. Well, okay. So what ends up happening is uh, the. The duplicate captain is ordering the Enterprise to go. Well, he has that weird, bizarre dinner with Beverly, uh, where he dances with her. And then, oh no, we're definitely having technical difficulties. Gary, you can't hear your own static. Can't. I can't hear anything. Can you hear me? Yes, we hear you now. But when you're not, something something you're doing is causing static, and I think it's the wire on your headphones. Nope, I was wrong about that. Maybe, maybe that. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. your mic. It's your mic. Oh. Yowzers. Yowzers. Indeed. Just like move it down a little bit. There. T- talk. <laughs> keep moving oh, it down. Move. Yeah, keep moving it down. Right, oh, right there. Right there. Hold it there. Yeah, right there. Don't. You can let go. But oh, you're not. you're not there anymore. You could just switch to your other audio, your uh, your uh, computer audio. We're fine with that. While Gary does that, I'll go. <laughs> I'll go on with our our summary. So, anyways, how, how can you hear me now? Yes. Yes. Uh, cool. Okay. And it's it's actually quite appropriate because now you sound like you're in a captivity room. There's like Thank a nice you. echo going on. <laughs> but um. <clears throat> The uh, the duplicate captain uh, orders the Enterprise to go even closer to the uh, Pulsar, putting uh, the ship at risk. And so that's when Riker finally um, takes command of the Enterprise, and um, Captain Picard tries to uh, uh, thwart the takeover. But unfortunately, at this point, everyone's lost confidence in him, and so they agree with Captain um, with Commander Riker. Meantime. On the uh, in the in the uh, holding pen in which the four characters are being held, Captain Picard finally figures out through just a few slips of of uh, the ensign who is actually working at you know she's actually one of the aliens that abducted them in disguise as a Bolian, I believe. Um, yes. She she he figures out that she couldn't have known about the plague on Kukukudu. And um, 
so that lets him know that she's actually working with or is uh, part of the uh, people who are holding them captive. And he says, I refuse to play this game. The charade is over. I refuse to play this game anymore. And then after that, uh, the uh, aliens reveal themselves and they're kind of cool, interesting looking, very flashy, very 90s purple costumes. They look kind of like they should be in a... In a uh, an episode of Batman, actually, uh, <laughs> like like the classic Batman. And and on that note, you know, cheers to Adam West who passed oh, away. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. yep. yes, indeed. But um, anyway, so uh, once there it's revealed, the aliens no longer have um any interest in the captives because the experiment is known. So they return Captain Picard to his ship and he um, sees his duplicate and uh, realizes what's been going on. He then uh, non-verbally gives his crew the um, order to hold these aliens captive and all of a sudden they can't take the heat that they dished out earlier. They're freaked out. They're they're held in this um, energy shield. And Captain Picard basically teaches them a lesson saying, hey, nobody likes to be held captive. Do your experiments in the computer. Stop experimenting on on actual people. And that's it. Bob's your uncle. The episode's over. That was great. (laughs) Just a side note. The plague is on Carol 5. Oh, I was close. Cuckoo could use that. Yeah, yeah very yeah. close. Uh-huh. <laughs> yes. Great job there. <laughs> so what did you guys think of this episode? Wow. Your first doctor. <laughs> um, you know, I wasn't I, I was uh I wasn't very impressed. Um I thought it should have either have been and it, it either should have been that uh, Picard was kidnapped and we would have just had the whole episode with the crew dealing with this doppelganger, which actually was uh, entertaining. Or it should have been Here's all... to the finest crew in Starfleet. Yeah. Indeed. <laughs> um, or it should have all been vested in Picard in his captivity. But I think the back and forth. I think with the back and forth, this, the episode suffered a lot because neither of the two situations played out as well as it could have. Especially the captivity part. I, I, I there was no tension for me at all with uh, Picard and his and his former and his as uh, his fellow captives. I mean, really, they spent the whole episode stuck in that room, and all they managed to do was open a door, which showed another door i mean it was just really boring um i didn't feel that the uh that creature with the the teeth you know he was without food for what like three days or something and i I didn't feel like esau right and and i didn't feel like there was any he was any closer to eating any of them really i mean it's (laughs) like i thought that was supposed to happen you know um and then the little trick that picard Revealed that this is how he knew that the the, the Bolian cadet was was the imposter. You know, it was very convenient because you know you had two characters, you had three characters from three completely different places, 
no, two characters from two completely different places. But then you had two from the Federation, which I thought was so convenient. Um, so I don't know. I that I, I wasn't too impressed with with that part of the episode. I liked more the 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 crew dealing with the duplicate Picard and the just this at first very subtle ways that he was different. And you know, you you had to wonder: Do they prefer this Picard or? The real Picard. I mean, you know, the Picard that comes into the ten forward and starts singing with his crew seems kind of nice. I mean, <laughs> you know, I mean, maybe the crew would prefer him. You know, <laughs> he's hanging out with them and he's singing with them. I don't know. Maybe some people would like this guy better. Come cheer um, up, my lads. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> I don't know the song. Oh, like I don't know the song either, but it's called oh, Heart of Oak. It's an old British. Uh, it's a British naval. Naval Which everyone song. apparently knows on the Enterprise, except Jordy. <laughs> in that scene, Jordy's like, right. But it is odd that like this small group of uh, people that happen to be sitting at a table in Ten Forward knows, and then Picard just goes right over to them. He's like, "These are the real people on this ship. They know these." Maybe they were all the British officers, <laughs> except that he's not even British. He's French. But it's a British naval song, you said. Yeah, it is. That's true. That's so maybe that's why. Yeah. I think it's cool that British naval songs survive uh, in in the future, and that after uh, you know, in the academy, they sing them after training cruises or whatever he said. After being impaled by Nausicans and stuff. <laughs> by Nausicans, that's true. Um, that's interesting that you. So you liked the just to if i'm getting this clear the part about the folks in captivity didn't interest you at all because you kind of thought it was like weakly put together but you did enjoy the duplicate picard shenanigans basically and like seeing how the crew responds to these subtle differences i thought that was and i thought the the the, the standout scene was the one with him and, and and crusher um i thought that scene was fantastic it, really I, it actually <laughs> it, it actually explained a lot i you know and you know sal you you're you're a witness to my ongoing frustrations with the it's from from day one party <laughs> crush never got together and i've always had issues with that i'm like why doesn't it happen and and i think maybe i never i didn't pay attention sufficiently the first time i saw this episode but finally, I think they had a real conversation about why it doesn't Except happen. That they didn't, which is the sad part, right? Because, like, Duplicate, but, Duplicate yeah. Picard had the conversation with Crusher, but real Picard's still in the dark about her, you know, some of the things that they discussed. But not I'm assuming. Uh-huh, go ahead. No, not for any longer. You know, there will be an episode. Um, when they've been connected um, in, a psych- in a psycho link or something, and they actually can hear each other's thoughts. And oh. So they, there's there's yeah. a couple of details when they'll then... But that's like in the last well, season. Yeah, probably. Yeah, <laughs> so I mean... be there for a few years, yeah. Right, so it's years and years. I'm like, why the, why the hell these people don't get together? So I, I was always frustrated with that, but um, I thought that actually was, was a standout sequence, uh, a standout scene. And I think the acting was great. And and I want to ask the two of you guys, because, you know, another thing I wish we had understood more was the actual cloning process, because... they The aliens describe it. But So then, they're you know, trans- when Duplicate trans- Picard is 
having this conversation with Beverly, he is doing so based on what he knows of Picard. Yeah, it's like a not quite perfect uh, duplicate. Because, but what it what they said, the aliens said that they have the developed the technology which can which can kind of um, reproduce uh, biological matter with their transporter technology or their replicator technology rather, and even the subtle kind of uh, nuances of the brain tissue where memories are stored. Right. <laughs> exactly. So this duplicate Picard is making decisions based on the same data. Let's say. Right. That the original Picard does, but because he's a duplicate and he is actually a different person, he's making different right decisions. Right, it's, which is very interesting. It's like an alt. It's really, truly an alternate Picard. Right, and it's, a, it's actually yeah, yeah. And so that's the thing is that this is a Picard that while this is kind of like one of those things where you know. Uh, the question comes up, you know, what makes us who we are? You know, like, for example, I I uh, fantasize constantly about ways of, like, I wouldn't mind a clone uh, of myself to help me work. Like, like, cl- oh, like clone Sohail goes off and, and does, you know, earns the <laughs> earns the, some extra money while while <laughs> me Sohail, Starfleet Boy here, clone so, Starfleet Boy and and regular Starfleet Boy. Could you imagine if I had so two slave Sohail and and No, it's not he'd, he'd be like totally You're saying one is working and the other is not. I mean... No, the other they're just working on different things. One Sohail would be recording Starfleet Boy episodes. The other Sohail would be, you know, maybe working at your local Starbucks. In fact, there could be like ten of us just around the around wow. the city, you know, like doing different things. Maybe another uh, plug plug this, um, the cable as well, just to recharge them every night. Yeah, we're and we'll just be like a collective. It'll be like a collective. We we're all interconnected. Wow. You know, we all you will be you will, you will be there, uh, Borg King, <laughs> Sohail King. There you go. I mean, it's scary. It is. I'm very disturbed by this line of thought. Come on, you guys have never fantasized about a clone version of yourself, like no, to help you in your daily life. No, that's the event the twin brothers for. Right, that's true. (laughs) So it was a really bad joke. Uh, well, uh, I don't know, okay, man. So maybe that is a little weird. Okay, <laughs> but, <laughs> but going back to uh, Picard, so it, it describes it. You know, it goes into what makes us who we are, and it's not just our memories. There's a lot of things, and I think an environmental situation helps. And then also, um, uh, as good as their technology is, the duplicate Picard is also somehow. Um, being controlled by or at least under the influence of the three aliens like it looked like the aliens mm-hmm. can converge and then they become this it's it's very trippy stuff to think about because they clearly have really advanced technology now, it looks like to me um the episode in at least in that regard was making some kind of commentary on uh the way that some uh, science has been conducted in the past in our own uh, uh, history, you know, and and you know, I I don't know if you know, I I don't want to be so naive as to say that you know experiments like this don't occur anymore. Um, it is possible that like you know governments that don't have um, 
the kind of like uh, moralistic or whatever you know philosophical understanding of of you know how to treat your fellow human kindly may in fact do experiments like this still today there may be things awful things like this going on uh in secret but um i think it was a commentary on on a lot of kind of things in human history where you know humans were used as experiments uh to to further some scientific knowledge and granted we might have uh uh achieved you know, a knowledge that may have ended up helping more people because of these things, but it still leaves a scar, I think, on the human soul or the human condition, if you will. So that was interesting for me. Um, I also liked the the characterizations of the three captives um, outside of Picard um, because the the um, the one guy whose name I can't remember when he talks about how his species just surrenders basically like to whoever's conquering them and that's how they've survived and Picard uh-huh. Picard even seems like a little, you know, perturbed by that. Um, is that, idea. Is that from Mintaka? Is that the, the guy or is that the, no, the Mintakans were the Vulcan like people. Um and that was know, he's, in, um, he's a Mizarian. Mizarian. Sorry, he's right. loving Mizarian Haro. <laughs> Haro, that's no Haro. Isn't Haro uh, oh, the ensign? That's the fort, yes. Haro. Is it as Argo, Argolian? What the heck? I thought it's a Bolian. <laughs> I thought she's a Bolian. Honestly, she's a Bolian. I'm. T- we're talking about the other guy, the guy who was already in the room. Who? Uh, yeah, that's tall. He's loving Miseria. Yeah. And then Haro, and uh, that's what his uh, Dracor says. Haro and. Algolian and Starfleet Academy cadet. Uh, and okay. Oh, so she's not a Bolian? I was so confused. I thought she was a Bolian. That's why well, she said she was a I, I could have totally been wrong. You know, I did wow. say. Wow. No, but, but I do, no, but I do I remember so too. she said a Bolian. Yeah, we all thought. Yeah. And she said thought... she's a Bolian. She says she's a Bolian, right? Yeah. To be a Bolian or not to be a Bolian, that is the mm. question. Uh, <laughs> anyways, <laughs> the. Um, interestingly enough, um, that character reminded me of the, uh, it was still Doctor Doctor Who at the time, I I think, um, Doctor Who episode where, (laughs) the last Doctor Who episode, the last Doctor Who, (laughs) the last Doctor Who series that I watched, that, uh, the Doctor Who, by the way, just a little, uh, here's a little Doctor Who or Time Traveler moment, um, last night's episode, oh, the Marsh of the Ice Warriors, was was actually pretty fantastic in my opinion i really enjoyed that one i'll I give it a watch yeah you got to really see it and uh and it's uh that's all I'm I, say. Watch this shit. <laughs> <laughs> I uh i was riveted by it and then there's just some cool tardisy stuff that happens in it too which i i was riveted by but um anyways but in that doctor who episode uh 11th doctor era where they're trapped in the hotel um it's kind of a similar vibe to this episode in 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 that they can't get out of this place Um, oh i thought you were going to mention the alien from the 12th doctor episode the one who just they always surrendered everybody remember that's the 11th Doctor. What's the one? No, but he's in the, the one with the, the giant. Um, that's a two-parter where they're in the base underwater. 
Oh, there was one there too. You're right. Yeah, remember? Yeah. You're right. Well, I was so. Oh, I was, yeah. Right. Yeah. I was referring to the Eleventh Doctor yeah. in which with, they're trapped in the uh, and he sees his, you know, everyone's greatest sees fears his, or whatever. Their greatest yeah. fears or whatever. Yeah, and mm-hmm. um, and the Minotaur or whatever it is that's like right, facing right. Him. Well, that one character almost even looks like aesthetically similar. They kind of look like the same kind of alien. And it's a similar thing where, you know, they've been around forever and they're peaceful because they've only, they've allowed their cap, their conquerors to, you know, take over or whatever. So uh, interesting differences in perspective, you know, what, who's to say which, which uh, philosophy is more correct if it's not uh, at the end of the day, if, if lives are being saved. Um, <clears throat> But uh, I prefer the uh, human, <laughs> the human stance. But yeah, so that was that was something that I thought was interesting. I did think that um, the Nosigan-like creature. What was his species again? Um, hang on, uh, Charnot. The Charnot. The Charnot. 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 That was a hell of a C-H-A-R-N-O-I-T. N-O-T-H. Yes, sorry. Interesting. Anyways, yeah. he w- he was cool, but again, I agreed that there wasn't really a lot of uh, fear or tension uh, provided by his character. Um, and you know, it was fun to see them all working together uh, to try to get out of the situation and all the you know kind of back and forth. So basically, it was just a way to showcase again um, the characters but also especially to kind of show captain picard in these two different lights i think that like the writers were doing something interesting here where they were saying like here's an alternate vision of captain picard running around uh running amok on the ship and here's the real captain picard that we know and here are the actions that he would take and it's like it does make you wonder like which does which captain picard is more uh, you know, uh, effective or whatnot. And I think we find what's interesting about this episode too is like these two kind of extreme uh, circumstances allow us to see possibly because of the nature of how accurate the duplicate was, two different sides of Captain Picard's own personality. And later you do see, I think, the actual Captain Picard evolve into a little bit softer. You know, it takes him. S- till the seventh season to finally sit down with this crew and have poker uh till the very last episode to have a game of uh uh is it it's blackjack they're playing i think and um you know and and some of these other things and we don't i I don't think we see him sing again we might until uh uh star trek insurrection when he sings with Worf. but uh <laughs> oh, blue star is it something, something, something. That's from uh, Gilbert and Sullivan. Um, but anyways, so yeah. I, on the whole, though, the episode really didn't take us any further, or and but it didn't even set us back. Really, I don't know. So yeah, I think it was. That's about all I gathered from, garnered from the episode, and then I just like was excited to see that the pogo song that i love so much this is the episode where they took the uh the uh, inspiration from have you not seen the pogo so- song doctor i don't know if i can do this let me see if i can pull it up well pogo but Ga- yeah but gary we haven't heard anything about your thoughts on the episode well uh, oh my um 
No, I I I I totally agree with you. I I totally like the um the scene that they actually have in the captivity. I I I would think actually the end of the episode like if Picard doesn't it's not she's not well, if Picard is not there. Uh Iso could have killed everyone in that room instantly because he was just like you pissed off and everything and he killed he even killed the alien and then you know he just kills everyone basically because that's that's how he reacts at the first time and um the second thing that i was um thinking about is the bolian why does she has a hair she's the only bolian in the star trek history who does a hair who does have a hair maybe, maybe she's not bolian <laughs> yeah she's not bolian <laughs> But she said she was Bolian. She said so. she's Bolian. Right. And I can't but think they had I, decided I, on. I didn't uh, even see any other Bolian with a hat. No. Uh oh. Do you guys hear do you guys hear this? No. Uh well anyways. <laughs> this this is this is a beautiful one. This is a beautiful oh, this, this looks very <laughs> scary. <laughs> no, uh, if you listen to it, it it will make sense and it's 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 amazing, honestly. Almost three million views. <laughs> it's a, so, Doctor, what, what is the relationship between this and the episode? I forget. He uses a sound the same bite. line at the beginning. Yeah, the same line at the beginning. Oh. And, every uh, time in the academy. <laughs> yeah, you guys. You, I mean, Gary's already seen it, but Doctor, your uh, your mission, should you choose to accept, is to at some point after your homework is to go watch the Pogo video. Hmm. We live in interesting times. Anyway, sorry, Gary. So, Gary, you 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 liked the? I did like the episode. Uh, in in that the part, the captivity part. part. It, yeah. yeah, because um, it really, um, as you said, it gave us a different opinion about you know how everyone handles captivity and and Pika really made a good cho- um, made a good point of um, you know we should work together instead of you know just and do something rather just than sitting around and, and wait till the eternity or at least um, till Esau go- gets hungry and <laughs> start to kill everyone. Um, but yeah, I think it was it was very well um, uh, performed in, in from his side. The other um, Picard, the alternate Picard, well, he was, I don't know, at the beginning he, he seemed like he's like he's himself, but obviously with the odd uh, acting and the odd um, situation that he caused, it's like, even threatening Riker and, and the normal Picard would never have would never do that. Um, and even Riker realized it at one point. Um, and I was quite um, I quite liked the scene when and they had this uh, dinner with um, with Crusher and, and Beverly. Well, Picard says like, okay, we should call the night off. And and Beverly was like, wow, she she gave the look for for Jean Luc like. Really? I was like, what? What? What just happened now? <laughs> we just had a moment, and then you just call it off, <laughs> and and she just um, you know closed well, the door. And I I do. What? That reminds me. I thought <laughs> I did think that Picard was kind of a dick. Uh, it was yeah. In, in that, in that situation, it was he was still smiling and doing this um, his usual charm, but that was like, wow. Even but if I recall like, wow. earlier, she wanted to kind of she was kind of like, okay, well maybe we shouldn't you know. Do this, and then he like invites her to dance, right? Isn't that what yeah. it is? And then, and then she's like, "Oh, I thought you don't dance." And you know, it it was kind of manipulative. Um, so yeah, I didn't like douchey romantic Picard at all. I I prefer uh, regular Picard. Regular Picard, <laughs> who's reserved and and holds back his his true feelings so that so as not to jeopardize their mission. 
<laughs> well, let, let me ask the two of you. What exactly... How would you characterize the mission of Doppelganger Picard? Was it just to go aboard this ship and and test all of the let's shall we say allegiances that people have to Picard, whether they be uh, those of of you know crew to captain, uh, f- uh, you know friend to friend, um, counselor to captain i mean was was it was it just that i mean what what do you think would have been what if the crew had just just okay you know what he's the captain we have to follow him even though this is crazy i mean it seemed like he was really get bringing the ship into danger uh as they were getting closer to that that star i mean what what was the end game there was he gonna at the very last second just like do what he did with crusher bring you right to the brink you think something's going to happen and then like no nope, sorry you know or let's turn around yeah i, I mean, think that the i think when the the abductors are held at the end in the um uh force field they they they're pleading with captain picard you know to let them go and they even say but no harm you know we 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 actually did no harm and Picard well, we did says, no harm, but what would have happened? Well, I mean, well, but Picard says that the the imprisonment alone is a, is an injury upon us, and so in a way, they held they not only held Captain Picard captive, but in a way, they were also holding the crew of the Enterprise captive because they replaced, you know, the Enterprise rely the the command structure, um, the Enterprise just itself relies on 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 you know, Captain Picard being of sound mind and body, right? Like he is the ultimate. And we've talked about this before. There's not a, there's not a, you know, court following, you know, on the enterprise that goes along with it. There's not like a, you know, like a governing body or like a quorum of 12 or what have you on board the uh, enterprise, you know, like, (laughs) like in, in Battlestar Galactica. Um, But, um, but I think that like, I don't think that the I think they're genuine in that statement. I think something had had they had the Enterprise crew followed his orders and gone even closer, which I don't think they would have. First of all, I think that's something they would have been incapable of. Like ultimately, I think as much as we are good at following authority figures, humans do have a sense of self-preservation. Which, but the aliens don't know that. That's what right, they, but they, the that's what I'm saying is they would have they would have realized this at some point they? and that was the well that was that was the point of their experimentation because they say to him also in the captivity is that all they're trying to do is study humans or other species that have these kind of command structures because they don't have anything like that they're all equally the same all of them are just exactly the same so they operate as though they're one autonomous being um, and so they don't understand you know the concept of allegiance because they're just they're just one thing like if that makes any sense yeah or similar no they're all the same is what they say in that little speech they're like we don't have this you know system of governance or you know uh, command structure in our in our society and so we're very curious about it and um about leadership and things like that so 
Yeah, well, I don't same, think the same thing comes back in in later season. I think it's season seven when the free um, ambassador comes to the Enterprise, and you know one of them sticks with uh, Diana, and they want to uh, understand the pleasure, but. Diana gets get get him into some chocolate, and then the other one is the anger. So he's always like picking Mr. Worf, and then Picard gets stranded in the planet, and you know try to understand. And the other one try to understand compassion. So it's like I'm I'm pretty sure they weren't hostile um, as a race in this episode. They just simply they were just simply curious, and that's their way how to you know examine the situations and how to understand themselves and and the concept that other uh, species lives by so it's just yeah it's, it's a bit interesting how they um approach the situation obviously it it wasn't really uh, convenient for the crew of the enterprise and for the um for the captives well it also goes back to the idea of like in much the same way that we um humans uh today we use uh primates uh for experimentation um and to us, it's like, oh, we're not doing any harm to the primates, you know? We're not like, you know, these animals that we keep in, not to get all on a soapbox here or anything like that, but, you know, we keep these animals in captivity and we think, you know, we we think it's justified because we're doing experiments on them, like exposing them to diseases or even cosmetics in some cases are tested on animals and, and things like that. And we think it's okay. So to this alien species, like, at until the... Uh, until the the uh, captive uh, experimented upon creature bites back as they did in this situation where Captain Picard bites back literally by holding them in a force field they had no con they had no idea they were doing any harm to to us they were like in another you know they whatever way they operate and see the universe and 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 function they didn't think that they were creating any injury stress or harm to us they just thought oh we're just doing an experiment no one's being harmed when in fact there is harm being done so you know again i think that's where i saw the value of this episode was the commentary on experimentation in cap you know captivity and all these kinds of things um i think the you know use the terms of value of the episode i think uh for me, it was it was definitely a, a nice showcase for for the makeup work done on the show. I, I think the the creature uh, from that anarchist planet I forget what it was called. Um, that that that's that's a hell of a makeup. I can't imagine how difficult that was oh, to endure. I mean, with with the the teeth gone up, uh, I thought that makeup was extraordinary. And then the 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 two aliens who were conducting the experiments they they seemed a little i don't know they they seemed a little i mean it was an impressive makeup i just think it was maybe in the way they were portrayed they seemed a little dorky to me but uh they, they were very 90s like they had these flat top heads like they had this really awesome kind of um flashy colorful hyper i imagined it was hyper color I, I I just kept thinking, <laughs> how, how does the that huge head go through the collar when they put their shirts on? I, I was well, they, just, they I beam was their sex. they beam their clothing <laughs> onto their bodies. Like they don't they don't need to. It looks like they don't. I I don't think they even. Right. Ever, I don't think they even ever really take off the bodysuit. I think it's just part of their 
their whole thing. You've done a lot. Maybe you I shape 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 shift his clothing like um. I'm using like, I, like I, Odo. Granted, yeah. Yeah. Granted, I'm using you know, my imagination here a lot, but uh. yeah, yeah, I, I, I see that. Um, but I, I think it was an extraordinary um, showcase for the makeup. Uh, again, I I hear what you're saying. I. I think there are other episodes that showcase the the themes better of, of um, you know, science experimentation gone wrong, <laughs> and uh, I, I, the captivity scenes to me just had no no tension. But but I, I do think there was merit to the sequences aboard the ship where where you sort of had this this the crew dealing with this Picard that was just slightly askew, and and you had to wonder. Um, there's an original episode there's an original series episode where Kirk is possessed by uh, remember uh, somebody else's mind goes into Kirk it's a woman oh, and, right. and, and Kirk kind of goes a little wacky and the crew contemplate mutiny and uh, I thought it was interesting here you know they're, they're doing another meeting off the record and Riker's uh, in Riker's quarters, and 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 they're somewhat contemplating mutiny, uh, and, and I, I thought all of that that side of the story was 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 a lot more interesting. Um, I think the only thing that would have made the other side of it interesting is that if somehow Picard could have been made aware of the real Picard could have been made aware of what was happening on the ship, and imagine if he's in captivity. But he's because it's it's his doppelganger. He is somehow aware of what his doppelganger is doing, and of course he's helpless to stop him from either being douchey to Crusher or or singing with the crew or any of these things. I mean, I think that would have been very interesting. That yeah. would have been a more interesting form of captivity, if you ask me. Um, to have to watch some your own double endure, you know, do these things as you with you unable to to do anything uh to stop it right but um, had had that occurred i think it would have been interesting to see just patrick stewart responding to these kinds of uh bizarre circumstances but the outcome would have been the same i think like the crew would still have gone oh yeah to absolutely the, you know to the point where they did and like so i i didn't mind that it was i like that idea but i didn't mind the way that the the setup was done what I did like is that there were a lot of like, as far as the directing and kind of the uh, the pacing of the episode is concerned, I did think that that was done really well. I, I liked it. There were a lot of scenes where they just focused on the reactions and it was not necessarily a verbal reaction. Like when Riker calls Picard into the ready room to kind the of close ups. Yeah, excellent. Yeah, yeah. Like Wesley's reaction, you know, like you could see he's really panicked and worried. Like, what's going to happen? And yeah, there's a lot of good things. And like again, the tension in that scene even was really well done with those close-ups. Again, you know, like just there was tension on that side of the story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I liked that part, that side of the story. I the other side I didn't think was so interesting. it's worth noting that those creatures i forget where are they what are the the anarchist creatures called the the chow uh chow no okay those guys appeared uh because you you'll right you remember picard mentions that he encountered them before and there's actually uh a couple of comics from the dc series of next generation 
which uh, which documents uh, Picard arriving at their planet uh, when he's aboard the Stargazer. Oh. Yeah. So that's when he encountered uh, that planet. And uh, I haven't read those issues myself. But it's it's interesting that, that you know, that somebody went ahead and filled in that uh, little piece of backstory there in the comics. That is pretty cool. Um, the remastering was great. I like the uh, the Pulsar and the uh, Monolith from 2001. looked really good. <laughs> um, the only thing that I, I didn't really like in the uh, remastering is, is um, in the captivity room, there was too much um, <laughs> flashlight. It reminded me of um, of the JJ um, movies a tiny bit. <laughs> yeah, but I, I don't know pretty, how much you remember it, but it's pretty, like uh, flashlights here, flashlights there. And it's like, okay, why? 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 <laughs> now I know where JJ how, got the idea. How many you know? lights? How many lights did you see, Gary? Ah. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> That was only four lights. <laughs> excellent, excellent, excellent. Good job, good job. Um, what else uh, can we say? I guess uh, I think the doctor got the book. The uh, oh yes, the book. <laughs> the book. The Bible here. Oh, let's see. Um, oh, interesting. The book mentions that it's, uh, uh, you know, the cage also is another episode oh, yeah. where, of course, oh, yeah. the original episode. Yeah. Boo. <laughs> um, oh, the episode, The Empath from the original series. Do you remember that one? The one with the, the woman who's mute and. Oh, yeah. And the, it's all, all played in a black room, is it? Yeah, that's a really yeah. good episode. I don't remember that one. That's an excellent episode. And don't those aliens also? They're all. They also have rather large heads as well. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's true. It's an easy it's... way to make an alien. <laughs> yeah. Um, gosh, I'm having trouble reading. Uh, do do anything interesting? Um. Uh, basically, it talked. Yeah, you know, it says uh, standout uh, scenes are the one with uh, Beverly and leading ten forward in a drinking song and a round of ale. For the record, the song is "Hearts of Oak," first performed in 1770. Wow, Very nice. Heart of Oak, which is what all British ships were made of. <laughs> Hera's costume is our first look at a modern Academy cadet uniform and, on, and only our second at the Bolians. See, this book says they're Bolians. Oh. Yeah, no, even, even um, the episode behind the scenes on Trek Course says Bolians, so I think it just messed up the, um, the script. Description. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, that's quite interesting, the, the cadet uniform, because later on that become the norm became the normal uniform. Uh, in a varied um, in a varied yeah uh, in a variation, but it, it became the normal one in Voyager and DS9. Now the aliens that were which seem to go unnamed these uh, these aliens that did all the kidnapping. Did they? They, did they? they seem to have no name. At least they're not they're not cited. There's no Sometimes names. Sometimes you wanna go where everybody knows your name. 
another Paramount product there. <laughs> they, um, they ran around Al- at the same time, too. They were, yes. Uh, Alien number one was played by Jerry Rector, and Alien number two was played by Jeff Rector. I can only imagine they brothers. Or brothers. <laughs> they, uh, they should call them thing number one and thing number two. Like, <laughs> yeah. uh, Dr. Dr. Seuss. In fact, we should do a Star Trek shirt that says that with with their faces on it. There you go. Uh, <laughs> Den of Geek, or whoever does these. Those, oh, there, Lord. There's a, there's a shirt idea for you. I can't believe you're getting <laughs> this much mileage out of this episode here. <laughs> One thing you didn't mention, um, and I'm not sure if it's in the book or not, but the this episode was, uh, was uh, ideal uh, for them to kind of recoup the budget a little bit from yesterday's Enterprise. So um, this was kind of how the shows, and probably still today, go, is that you'll have, like, a couple of episodes in a season that are just, like, blockbuster-level, really high production value, you know, big special effects, the big, you know, the big episodes. And then you'll have a few of these episodes that take place basically in one room, you know? They didn't have to this build... This is a cheap episode. That is yeah. true. Uh, yeah, you so... basically have the captivity room, which is a redress of, of who knows what, and then... <laughs> Um, it looks like set of boards. Yeah. yeah, it looks like uh, it's just a redress of the uh, the little science room that Data built, lol, and it kind of reminded me of that, or you know, some other set like that. You're right. Although, to be honest, even yesterday's Enterprise, if you really look at the show, you know, all of the scenes are set aboard standing sets. They're just tweaked slightly, and then you have the which is also a standing set somewhere is the um, Battle Bridge, which was the sea. So it wasn't yesterday's Enterprise wasn't that much. I mean, you obviously spent money in the effects, but uh, mm-hmm. I don't. I don't think yesterday's Enterprise was too much of a budget buster. I, I disagree. I think. I mean, there was a lot of magic done with lighting, but you had to make all new uniforms for the cast. You had to like create props that like made it look like a different future like those things i think add up you know i mean had to make up a um, big beautiful uh, studio size enterprise here as well at least oh yeah well yeah they built I, i'm sure they didn't have it before so because mm-hmm. i think this, this is the first um actually that was the first episode when we saw the introduction of the ambassador class in, in terms of starships yeah, we did. but it was right exactly so that model would have had to have been built yeah. and you know all kinds of things i think it was Pro, you know, considering it wasn't, it probably wasn't expensive like some of the shows that you know some of the standards for today's shows. But I would say that they probably had to like reallocate a lot of the budget to make it look like a completely different um, enterprise. I thought I thought there was a lot of changes. Like remember the bridge even had like a level. They like mm-hmm. even had a level up. I feel like that's a lot of changes to the bridge <laughs> to like. Yeah, but just later it will come back that sort of um, separation um, on generation on the last um, the, the first TNG movie on generation because the bridge gets uh, gets a little cosmetic update as well. Really? Oh, yeah, in generation. I mean, I yeah, thought it... they were they were going to shoot at you know wide angle, better cameras yeah, and wide angles. So obviously, yeah. they got a yeah, that's true. Extra yes. stations and the corridor and everything. So it's really nice. The it's really nice. The enterprise, the generation bridge. It's beautiful. Yeah, I would much rather talk about generations. Than this episode. <laughs> wow. 
There you go. The Generation Enterprise is still the same enterprise as the TNG Enterprise. <laughs> well, it's, it says here... That's awesome. It says here that this was Winrick uh, Colby's uh, favorite episode out of the ones he directed. I like it because we didn't we did something stylistically interesting in the lit room where the four people were incarcerated. It was Patrick's show, and I always know when it's going to be Patrick's show, it's going to be a good one because he's so damn good in everything that he does. I like the look, you know, and that I I agree totally with that. I mean, you know, Patrick Stewart once again, you know, this is why he's such a revered actor. I think it's just that he does really he can really turn, you know something less of less value to something of greater value just through yeah. his performance alone his, you know? his performance on the on aboard the enterprise the the the, dub, the doppelganger picard was was i thought was excellent i mean the just a you know at the, at first at the beginning you you're just not sure what's wrong with him he, and, but you realize he's just a little bit nicer than he usually is but you can't really you know you can't really mutiny just because your captain is nicer or because right, exactly. he's nice asking you in the ready room because <laughs> that's what he did with uh, Riker. <laughs> right. I mean, um, I, I think it. it I, I I thought he did an excellent job, and I I think the the best the best part of the episode was his dinner with with Crusher. And again, I think Gates McFadden did a, a fantastic job because I I I finally, after all these years, I think I finally understood why they never got together uh even though that conversation was was being had with the doppelganger um obviously what crusher was saying was true for her character and and i finally understood after all these years why you know i i I, it always bothered me that there never seemed to be any um serious conversation between those two characters about why the hell they never um, you know, they obviously have a lot of chemistry. They have a lot of uh, uh, connection to each other, and and that that episode did a lot for me to understand why it didn't happen. You know, them being uh, being an item, and uh, and yeah, I, I that for for that alone, I admire the episode. And everything else, I can do without. But do you remember at the end as well when um, Crusher comes to the bridge and sits next to Picard and she gives yeah. the look? Yeah, it's really charming. Was like, that look. It's <laughs> like, yeah. what's going on here? What did I miss? Picard is like, like, oh, what did I do? What did, what did like, I do? That was a little sweet, awkward moment. <laughs> yeah, even the way he says engage is like a little, a slightly. It's like, slightly engage? <laughs> with a gulp in his throat. <laughs> right. That was perfect. But, it was perfect. Yeah. You remarked about the makeup effects earlier. Well, this episode apparently was nominated for an Emmy Award for Outstanding Achievement in Makeup for a Series. Well, Jesus, that thing is is is, is horrible, <laughs> that alien. Uh, he, I mean, I can't imagine having to wear that makeup uh, <laughs> and having to talk, no less. I mean, that thing was just brutal looking. Uh, it, it was... I think that was probably one of the better aliens that I've seen on the Star Trek. Uh, you know, actually, we, we kind of saw a good mix of what we usually get. You know, we usually get like either something very simple, which the Bolian is, or we get something. Sometimes we get really darky looking ones like the unnamed aliens. 
but then the 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 the, uh, the other one the, the from the Essog. right that guy that was just brilliant they I mean kudos to it's Michael Westmore right uh yes probably yeah. probably most most likely Oof, yeah I, I'm <laughs> sure there was a figure of that of that creature made unfortunately I never bought it I thought I had it but I have a Nosigan is what I have oh well there are similar looking yeah yeah but i didn't bring it out because it's not the right alien <laughs> good keeping the continuity of the uh, action figures well i yeah. think uh unless there's anything else uh, you guys want to say about this episode i think it's time for us to round up our uh, ratings uh, all right. of the- is there anything changed in Anything change in terms of rating system? One no, to 10 it's still, still it's still one to ten. Because Adam's family, you know, goes to. Uh, <laughs> well, now we have to snap our uh, our rating. Shall I go first, gentlemen? You are yeah. this. You are the captain. I uh, after after watching the episode, I was you know I was entertained by it. But like the doctor, I just, you know, uh, I wasn't too terribly, uh, uh, there were a lot of great aspects to it, but it wasn't like, you know, it wasn't like how we've been kind of in season three going up and up and up and having like these like really awesome episodes. But that being said, um, I thoroughly enjoyed the doppelganger Picard sequences and I thought that the uh sequence um in the captivity while not having the tension i would have liked was still a good and interesting uh study of these characters and and exposing us to these like different kind of archetypal uh ideas or what or whatnot um it, it we didn't really touch on it but it had a, a slightly kind of uh you know um uh hitchcockian vibe to it as well i thought just like the the whole like you know scene that only one room you know what you could do with one room i guess that kind of thing um but uh overall i would say that i give this episode a 6.5 okay (laughs) i um i'll go lower Ah! (laughs) (laughs) i think this is this is this is an average slightly below average episode um I, I, you know what i go to five i'll be generous i'll go to five it's an all average right. episode yeah. <laughs> we're all waiting gary. gary uh yeah i'm kind of hesitating <laughs> i think because i'm always nicer than everyone so i always give a little bit more but i think i have to agree with, uh, i have to agree with you so here now uh, i think i'll give a 6.5 it, it was it was a good episode in terms of you know seeing a couple of bits and pieces here and there um because of the look um that beverly gave to picard at the end of the episode that was just some i think that was priceless um but yeah overall i overall it's not an episode that you you know it just sticks in your mind for for weeks and weeks and weeks it's just you you watch it once you think about it a little bit and then move along for the next one or mm-hmm. just think about the previous one like yesterday's enterprise and and then both scenes of father or, or you know just other episodes because this is just fill the gaps between you know two great episodes sort of um, episode was i think that's, that's exactly opinion. how i yeah. feel it yeah, that, yeah. That's- so it's like 6.5 yes 
I'm being generous. Do you guys think that this is what's killed the 20 some odd episode season uh, in American television? Um, I've noticed that even sh- shows nowadays, they're like more like 15 episodes a season or 13 episodes or, you know, some shows are, are shorter. Do you think like uh, I I find lots of value in overall in the filler episodes as Gary described because they do they do feel like filler episodes like they're episodes in between like bigger you know bigger stories or whatever um, but at the end of the day when you when I tally up my experiences with Star Trek The Next Generation I feel like there's a richer and fuller understanding because of episodes like this like because because that doppelgangers of the doppelganger scenes in that moment with Beverly like you doctor um, you know you found value in that in terms of your understanding of their relationship overall and had this episode not existed um, or if you had Star Trek like what Discovery is going to be is like I think 13 episodes a season does that mean that you know does that mean that like your stories are now going to be even more are they going to make them all more of the big stories? And do we not have room for these like little stories anymore? What do you guys think about that? I think, um, I don't think anybody sets out to make necessarily a filler episode. I think, uh, it's just what ends up happening. Um, now the reason we get them is obviously, uh, schedules cause certain episodes to not live up to everything that, the, the the you know the makers of the episodes intended um but you know some one person's filler episode might be another person's um you know favorite gem. yeah right yeah. i mean I, for me personally uh, i know one that is considered to be fairly a filler episode is the uh is going forward a little bit is the episode right after best of both worlds where picard goes back home uh, i love family. that's not a filler episode that's an epic no, a lot of people consider it filler yes really? people too yeah mm-hmm. yeah you go online it's not a highly regarded i don't not, know i don't know any any star trek fans that consider that a a filler well, we'll, we'll hear from uh, I, I, I totally consider the episode as as you know as a as a background story for Picard uh, and his family relation. Definitely I agree. Not. I completely agree. But I, I've heard some people that were quite bored by you know it's like oh we just yeah, came like, off you know you know it's a kind of a you know yeah where are the space battles and stuff some like some that, people yeah. had the same issue with the insurrection after watching it in first contact and it was like a heavily um, action-packed episode and then insurrection it was like a kind of eh, that's what a lot of people said and then there's so much action so much there's yeah. so much action in insurrection it's just yeah, absolutely <laughs> almost, it's almost like, just like when know, we just do the what? star trek erection um <laughs> <laughs> conversation it's gonna be so interesting i have to tell you insurrection oh insurrection sorry yes, um, I, I know that, that, that a lot of a lot of times we've uh called it star trek erection by accident or purposely maybe i don't know but but uh going to your your point about the filler episodes i agree with you i think that you know sometimes you you get some real gems in the material that's presented, um, I personally so, but, but, prefer longer seasons than yeah. because uh, you know. I mean, well, I look at Doctor Who, for example. I wish Doctor Who were long was a longer season. I feel like the pace doesn't allow for much 
breadth of scope or or character moments uh, when you look exactly. at the right when you compare it to to the classic show and we're we're, we're going to have for the first time with Star Trek a Star Trek on the schedule on the schedule where you know it's you, you know it's we're, punchy all the time it's punchy all the time it's 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 going to be interesting to see how we react to it and actually having the three of you here uh you know i don't i don't mean to drag this on uh any further but uh uh having the three of you here uh since uh since this like major star trek discovery uh trailer uh and now it's a few weeks behind us how are you sitting with the idea of star trek discovery are you is there any excitement about it are you less excited like or you know what what's going on in your minds about star trek discovery okay that answers my question nothing's going on <laughs> in it's like, I, don't, I don't even think about it i try to just forget the whole thing i mean it's, <laughs> you know, i know i know it, it sounds a little harsh but, but as long as as long as i have um i have the next generation and um going forward i have um like like voyager as this is the equinox, but even. Um, <laughs> but uh, no, I just, I just, I just, I still feel this bit disheartened about the whole thing. I mean, I'm pretty sure it's, it's, we're gonna get more materials uh, on later on, and it will be a different show, and, and we might get classic Lingons, and we might get, you know, classic um, style Star Trek, which I highly doubt. Um, but I don't know. I think. The Discovery is just a new um, era of um, sci-fi Trek um, series. It's not. It's not a Star Trek that I grew up with. Mm-hmm. So it's it's my Star Trek is. I, I know it's, it's a bit selfish, but my Star Trek is from 90, uh, 1966 till two thousand and five. <laughs> that that is true. That is true for many many of us. And and you know I I rem- I remember you know so Helen and I we've had many conversations about Doctor Who and. And and I think one of the things I'm I'm very fond of saying is that Doctor Who is made for someone else now. It's not made for me. Um, and and I think this Star Trek is a Star Trek that is made for will probably someone be made else. for someone else, and not necessarily us. And uh, what's the the, the quote uh, from uh, the Klingon Chancellor as he's dying to Kirk? Uh, no, not as he's dying, but as he's leaving the Enterprise. Uh, the, the, oh, yeah, we will have a difficult time to live in the new um in this new undiscovered country or something like right. that we are so there so you know in the spirit of star trek we're going into the undiscovered country and it, it is true perhaps our perhaps it is time for our way of seeing star trek for us to like kind of you know we hold the candle or the torch we're the torch bearers of that you know Star Trek, but that we have to l- allow for the next generation, so to speak, to express themselves as they would wish. And so, um, yeah, so that's a really good point. I know we've kind of, you know, I, I guess I grapple with it a little bit, but at the same time, that does make a lot of logical sense to me. What you just said right now about that and comparing it it's to just, Star Trek Six, that was interesting. It's just, yeah. and not just that. I mean, you know, I remember a lot of conversation, a lot of um, classic Trek fan who grew up with the original series, and they were watching them at the first time as a kid. And um, when Next Generation came along, they were like, "Man, that's not the Star Trek for me." And then 
for them, the, the original series will be always the, the starting point, the, the quote-unquote one and only and nothing else. And obviously, maybe, maybe they will get along with the other ones and, and they will like Voyager and DS9 and maybe Enterprise as well. But then now we got to the point when we have this 1966 till 2005 period and that's what Trek means for us. And then we have to get along with the next generation of Trek uh, series. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting to think that 1966 is grouped now with, let's say, you know, 1987 is when Next Generation started, <laughs> yeah. because really the the, uh, the 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 differences between the original show and the Next Generation are quite remarkable. I mean, the original show was made in an era where, for an adventure show such as Star Trek, it was just expected that you would have one or two, you know, fisticuffs in there, you know, the, the lead star would, would somehow lose his shirt and, you know, something, you know, you, those were very standard to that kind of television. Those are the typical tropes. Uh, yet, when by the time we get to Next Generation, obviously, you know, you don't have those expectations anymore. You know, you don't have... Um, you, you, you don't have to have the fist fight you you can be a little little well closer to what Gene Rodberry was thinking originally. You can be a little brainier in the plots. I guess that all just stems from a desire for us to see Star Trek be successful because I feel like um, historically speaking, you know, even though it's a small uh, portion of of history here, um, as long as I've seen shows like star trek thriving i've always felt better about the direction that our society is heading in and so did gary freeze gary oh whoa is gary frozen gary's frozen gary's frozen gary <laughs> oh no gary gary <laughs> that's he's what frozen. happened he's on the other side of uh of the galaxy here. oh no <laughs> By the way, can I just take a moment? Because we know you're talking about stats uh, off. Can we say off camera? Yeah, we don't discuss stats online on the when we're alive. Oh, we don't. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't like it too. I don't know. You could do it. It's fine. <laughs> oh, no, but, but you, you, were, you were just saying how, how there are some people that listen to us versus people who watch us. This is why I prefer. I think the the best view, the best way to view us is is to view us and not just to listen to us. Because you people won't understand that Gary's frozen if they're that's just listening true. to us. I mean, well, I think that the that's a good time now since Gary is frozen uh, <laughs> to say Where'd that. Gary go. <laughs> I don't know, but hopefully he'll be back. Let me um, let me reinvite him here. I'm gonna eject him. I, like his logo. I had never seen his logo before. Oh yeah, any designs? Which, by the way, I should do this when he's back on. Hold on, Trekker Prize here. Uh, this is a good time to plug the technologies uh, at use here. So Starfleet Boy is a uh, YouTube uh, channel primarily. Uh, so I think the ideal way to participate with our uh, discussions is to uh, to actually be on the show, by the way. So you're totally invited, audience members, if you want to be on the show that's awesome uh but also to watch us interact there's like things that the doctor does like he has figures and things like that that he presents and like you know sometimes there'll be a model or whatever oh hello 
Oh, look at that. And then you have warm family moments like this, actually, which you don't get. <laughs> There's just a kid that's. Yeah. Uh, I think that's my cue. I know. That's I my know. nephew. I'm anyways, sorry. We use Google Hangouts to to do the discussions. And uh, so thank you, Google Technology. But then we take the audio and we simulcast it on podcast. So, yes, the podcast is, is I hope, entertaining, but different from the uh, the YouTube. So anyways. Uh, All right. You want to say goodbye? Yeah. All right. Live long and prosper. Right, live long and prosper. I'm sorry. I, gotta, I guess I got to go. Gary no, left. Gary disappeared. This happens sometimes on, on our show because of technology. Okay. All right.